0: Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. Today we are talking to Benoit Legrand, who I think has the best name in Fintech. I'm very jealous. Benoit has more than 20 years of experience in transforming various areas of banking. Today he's global head of Fintech at ING. And ING, of course, is a Dutch multinational bank that likes to call itself the 20 year old Fintech. Our CEO, David Breer, digs into today's interview with Benoit. Enjoy the show. So today I am uh, have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with uh, Benoit LeGrand, which, Benoit, you've got both the most impressive name and the most impressive job title I've ever come, come across as well. So you've got the uh, amazing title of Global Head of Fintech for ING. Tell us a little bit more about what that entails.
1: Well, the intention is that we, we might be, as ING, uh, a 20-years-old fintech, but still we have a lot of work to do to uh, to catch up with with the real fintechs, right, which are very fast in changing the world of banking, and we believe we are going fast in there. But it's it's a great source of inspiration. So the idea for me is to go outside, scout those fintechs, look into what extent they can help us achieving uh, implementing our strategy of making life for customers easier, of empowering them. So uh, this is this is the job.
0: Fantastic. Well, and speaking of experience, um, you know yourself, you've got you know more than twenty years' experience in transforming various different areas of banking. So, um, it, what what did you dream you'd be doing when you were a kid? Was uh, were you did you always dream of being a uh, dream of being a banker when you uh, you grew up, or uh, what what was the thing that really sort of lit your fire?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, I always said I'd never be a banker. Right, <laughs> so. Uh... And, and and frankly, I do not feel I'm a banker today, neither, right? Because uh, it's 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 about a lot of things, but but not banking. Eventually, yeah? we are disrupting the world. So it's about innovation. It's about changing the way we're looking at things. It's about putting yourself into question. is 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 about being open to the outside world and bring all those ideas and the best of people into those those changes, right? So uh, I would not say it was meant to be like this, but I'm quite happy it is. Uh, I've been working in different areas of banking, between investment banking, private banking, branch distribution, so it gives in in five different countries, right? So it gives me a, a view on what banking is, and you absolutely need that if you want to bring change. I've seen so many companies just trying to bring people from outside with a very digital background, but they're not speaking the banking language, right? They're not, and, and you need that to make sure that the power of, of the company is being used
0: to transform itself. I completely agree with that. I think the uh, if you don't have banking experience, it's very difficult to understand actually how to make banks change. Um, so having that understanding definitely helps you move things forward i really love that quote as well you know the idea of ing being a 20 a year old fintech um can we unpack that a little bit more so how um because obviously ing's heritage is about being a challenger in that space isn't it so i i guess uh, there's a there's quite a lot of good laterals there isn't it
1: yes and what happened i think we we dared to uh Put ourselves in question and disrupt ourselves by launching the first, you know, worldwide internet banking services uh, 20 years ago in Canada. So we we did this in in more than 10 countries, got 24 million customers, about 400 billion of assets under management, and and this is not something you improvise, right? So it's been a well thought story, and you really need to have the gene of the entrepreneur on one hand, but also the consistency of long-term vision. It's been a lot of losses, you know, to get there, uh, but consistently going on and moving to new countries to build a success story. Uh, And and this is where this culture is something we have, our Dutch culture is very much like this, entrepreneurship, trying, daring, being pragmatic, testing things. Uh, It's very well, I think, uh, in today.
0: Yeah. Well, I've, I've spent um, quite a lot of time in uh, in, in Holland, actually. it's um I, I sort of joke when I'm over there, I can actually get to Holland and, and the centre of Amsterdam quicker than I can get to London from where I live. So uh, the more time I could spend in Holland, the better really in terms of doing it. Um, I, I've actually seen quite a lot of, um, you know, impressive things being set up of ING as well. So it seems both from a cultural perspective and from a Uh, a fintech technological perspective that you know big pieces are being put in place to to sort of really move things forward. I I actually saw um, you spoke at a conference recently actually you talked about the four Ps of working with fintech so the priorities process principles and performance I thought that was a really good model. Can you expand on that a little bit please? Yeah
1: well the, the problem today in the fintech world is that they're about twelve thousand, fourteen thousand, I don't know, fifteen thousand, nobody counted them, but you absolutely need to prioritize just to get focused on what is important for your own business model, right? Everything, of course, is important, but where is the biggest impact? And this is what we have done. We've set up a list of seven priorities where we say now this is for us the focus to make ourselves changing mm-hmm. over, the, over the next years. You also need to act according to certain principles to making sure that you're not uh, kept away from your priorities. So one of the principles which we have is that the business is always in the lead. We're not in the innovation team teaching people how they should do, how they should think. We just an enabler to help them get the best of themselves. And if we never enter a partnership with a FinTech, if there is not the senior leaders saying, I want this I will really will commit to it and I'll make sure it it will it will happen otherwise in those big organizations, it's bound to be to, to be failing this is a second a second p of, of principles right in terms of processes also with big companies and if you don't have um, straight processes to making decision then you also get glued into, uh, well, let's say uh, the world of not invented here, not under my control kind of principles, which are stopping and preventing change to happen. So we've set, let's say two processes. The first one is to be able to start the proof of concept in four weeks, This is what FinTechs really want. Uh, But also we have a very straightforward process to take stakes in companies also in, well, Uh, I don't want to commit about number of weeks because it depends on the process itself, but they're very fast, right? So we can go and make decisions up to 30 million euro in a couple of weeks time. So this is very helpful also. And then performance. Now we have more than 70 different partnerships, but we already also last year stopped 10 of those partnerships, right? So it's important to set in front of the partnership clear KPIs and see this is where we think this would be working or not and then follow the rules and apply them and if it doesn't work you know it's not bad you know it's just like we both tried and we don't waste our time any further so those are the four four Ps of uh, priorities principle processes and uh, performance
0: yeah yeah I, well, I, re- I really like that because actually um, you know it can be something as simple as procurement that actually can stop uh, a project moving and like you say in terms of speed to uh, speed to action that's uh, a critical thing yeah. and I think uh, you know a lot of people I think could learn from a model like that because actually in these times of wealths of different types of technology having something that you can consistently appraise these things against and almost define as important is the things that you're not going to do is the things that you are going to do uh, Is is kind of a key thing really in terms of learnings. Um, I, you know, I, I guess there's a, you know, pan-European-wide, there's a, a huge amount of organisations sort of springing up, lots of new digi- digital challenger banks. Um, what do you think these guys can learn from uh, ING's success?
1: Well, I think we we certainly want, want to stay humble. You know, we just have our lessons learned and we also made mistakes. And, uh, so what, what people can learn from us... Uh, I think it's maybe trying to be very pragmatic and making things effectively happen and also recognizing that the change and the challenge, the main challenge is maybe not the digital one, but it's a human cultural challenge, right? It's all about people. Any change you make is, is there. So is spending enough time to have the right people at the right place, managing egos, managing personal ambitions. And, and placing the interest of the company in front of the in individual interests, right? So this is why this success of ING uh, has been there. And I think also being consistent over years, I think we see so many, well pivoting is a quite sexy word nowadays, but I think uh, extreme
0: pivoting now brings you back <laughs> to square one, right? Uh, that's very true, yeah, a 360 pivot definitely gets you yes, back to where yes, you were. Yes, doesn't yes. it? So, What what about, I guess, on the other hand of that, then what do you think ING can learn from the, um, I guess, the the challenger banks coming into the space today?
1: I I think there's a lot we can learn in terms of agility, in ability to speed up releases and getting into a entrepreneurship, venture capitalist type of approach uh, where money is made available and then there's a challenge to reach. uh, To get into this speed mode of entrepreneurship is something we can learn. The the hard thing also for us is that we are heavily regulated so we always need to balance this uh, just to be agile (laughs) but for us uh, we would have more to lose by not uh, obeying rules. So for us the rule number one is uh,
0: play by the book and by the rule Uh, rule rule, rule number one is follow the rules that's a that's a good rule to live by isn't it i have to say yeah i think think my i think my dad said something similar to me when i was a kid i have to say but uh okay okay you
1: could be coming in banking
0: indeed (laughs) um and, and i think you you maybe touched on it slightly there but the i guess one of the biggest obstacles to how an organization usually transforms itself is you know people put a lot of emphasis on the technology but mostly it comes down to cultural change really from from yeah. where we've seen um how is ing shifting that culture internally
1: i think you, you you're right and one of the, the biggest hurdle is um, the ability of large organizations to refrain from change and transformation right so our immune system to change in large organization is very, very, very effective, right? Some people are professionally trained to it. So, just to to fight against principles like not invented here or not under my control, I think those are the biggest one. And to handle it, it it goes back to leadership. It goes back to the highest management. We have a CEO, you know, who is 50 years old, who is who is in our. You know, a new generation, he wants to build the future. He's there for years, and he can build this long-term vision and consistency. So he can drive also his people to say, guys, you know, what have you done to get those changes happening? And this is just the only way uh, how it can happen. If senior leaders of the company show the way, uh, are consistent in setting KPIs and consistent in, in making Decisions about people and promotions uh, based on the effective delivery
0: of impactful innovations. Completely agree. It starts at the top, and uh, you know, yeah, I think definitely you've got a, a strong leader moving in that direction. Um, I, I guess, you know, fintech is a, a really exciting place to work and, you know, there's lots of really interesting things happening on a, you know, a day-to-day basis, really, in terms of what we've, uh, what we've seen, you know, arguably it's the most interesting place in banking at the moment. So what advice would you give somebody trying to uh, get into a career in fintech?
1: Having a, a career in fintech is uh, certainly something very exciting. So I would certainly encourage people to go in there, but I would advise them to, try to keep the right balance between uh, the willingness to change, to think differently, to uh, to look at banks as old traditional elephants, not moving very fast, but on the other hand, also keeping an eye on the reality of, of regulations, of customers wanting to have trust and reliability and not underestimating all the burden of regulation uh, which which is there and which at one point of time is, and we see this slowly coming towards fintechs, right? So we see regulators asking themselves now, hmm, maybe this is becoming a danger as the, well, the US uh, regulators recently uh, mentioned that fintechs are a danger to the, uh, to the banking system. So we might see also, more awareness in, in in the world of fintechs to
0: uh, to this yeah i think there's a, an interesting balance isn't there you know with when you um, see any of the challenger banks there's always a stipulation that they have somebody who really understands banking not just technology not just the opportunity but really understands the regulation in those spaces uh and, and i think that's you know it's going to continue to be a critical piece so um obviously you're a you're a Uh, kind of a busy guy so um, we won't take up too much of your your time in terms of doing it but what's uh, you know what's your your tip you know how how would you give somebody a a tip what's your number one productivity hack or how do you make things happen in the space you've got really good experience in banking what's your uh, key to success in terms of making things happen
1: I think one of the key is to recognize that you won't make the difference yourself but it's only because you have people around you who can, who can leverage uh, what, what you're doing, uh, which makes you successful. Now, we have about 70, you know, more than 70 partnerships. Those are being done by the whole company. There are 50,000 people there. So the key, I think, is to understand what the others around yourself who can help you to reach that goal. Uh, are expecting and how you can effectively genuinely help them in reaching that goal and then you'll see there's a lot of you know give and 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 get back which is you know impressive right so keep focusing on helping others reaching their targets and you will see that you know you get back you know 100 times more that this sounds, is the key to
0: leverage i think that sounds good and and especially as a you know a leader in a and a company then actually i can imagine that uh, that works very well with uh, the teams in and around you um how about um in terms of uh, relaxation then so obviously you're an avid fintech insider listener of course um but what uh, what other um, things do you do in terms of podcasts you listen to or, or uh, things that you do to relax outside of work
1: i must say that i'm traveling a lot right so uh, Relaxing, for me, uh, is going two ways. Is either sporting a lot, so running, I'm doing some triathlons, and so this is helping me, uh, relaxing, changing my mind. So sporting, outdoor, biking also. Uh, but also, I love to stay home and, you know, read a book and enjoy peace and calm because I'm, I'm traveling the majority of my time, so... Uh, yeah it's a bit the opposite way of doing uh, what people are doing right when they're on holiday they
0: travel a lot i think I can, yeah i can relate to that i have to say as somebody who travels a lot sometimes just standing still is a nice thing to do isn't it
1: absolutely and i think we are just yeah standing still is maybe something we do not do enough nowadays right and it it could bring some wisdom to step back you know and
0: and before acting Indeed. And on that note, uh, Benoit Legrand, Global Head of Fintech for ING, thank you very much for joining us. Thank
1: you for your time. Thank you for having me here.
0: Thanks. Thank you, David. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Benoit. And if you like today's show, do us that favor, leave us that review on iTunes. You'd make our week and leave it on any other platform. Thank you very much for listening. Till next time. Up with all the noise and news from the world of financial services isn't easy. It's easy to get lost in buzzwords, jargon, and industry speak. So sometimes you just need a quick human rundown of the biggest stories. Well, you are in luck. Bite sized is our very own weekly newsletter that takes the biggest news stories from financial services and tells you exactly what's happening, why it matters, and what comes next. size goes out every Friday at 11 a.m., so you can enjoy it with a coffee as you wrap up your week. Stay up to speed with the fast-moving world of financial services, and subscribe today at 11fs.com forward slash newsletters. That's 11fs.com forward slash newsletters.